things went on preaching, teaching, sharing the word of God that broke out a persecution against the church. Simon, Peter, and John went back to the saints of God. The Bible says when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak the word of our God with boldness. They were already baptized in the Holy Ghost, but they got a refilling of the Holy Spirit that enabled them to speak the word of God with boldness. Our prayer is, Lord, we're already baptized in the Holy Ghost, but bless us again, fill us again, anoint us again, that we might speak the word of God with boldness. If you want to be refilled, clap your hands and praise God for your refilling. <laughs> Hallelujah. Welcome to the house of the Lord. I'm so happy that you have selected West Angeles as your place of worship today. And I'm just believing that God is going to bless you with the blessing that you need. Your miracle is on the way. And it's time for your breakthrough. Hallelujah. I want you to turn with me, please, to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 7. We're going to read verses 18 and 19 and verses 24 and 25. Romans 7 and 18. For I know that is in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. Verse 24, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ. And it is in verse 18 that the Bible says, for how to perform what is good, I do not find. How? Say that word after me, how. how. One more time, how. That's the focus of our study on today. Please be seated. Everybody agrees that holiness and righteousness are the best way. Everybody has a concept of goodness and justice which they find admirable. Everybody has an image in mind of the person they ought to be. And they frequently compare in their minds the person they are with the person they ought to be. The capacity to discern right and wrong is one thing that distinguishes man from the rest of animal world. But though people are inclined to condone and advocate righteousness, there are many other forces that contradict and war against this inclination toward holiness. Their temperament opposes holiness. It's right to be loving, just, and humble. But man is temperamentally inclined to be selfish, self-serving, and proud. Somebody say amen. <clears throat> Their desires and drives oppose righteousness. 
our drives and our desires are more likely to be wrong than they are to be right. And without guidance, they are no more likely to carry us to the place of moral excellence than my car is to take me home without me touching the steering wheel of my car. This constitutes the problem. How do you do right when voices within you are screaming out wrong? One voice over here saying, do it, do it. Another voice is over there saying, don't do it. You're in the middle not knowing what on earth you are to do. Outside influences and factors oppose man's inclination toward righteousness. And then circumstances sometimes need to lean toward a response to the strategy of evil and wicked rather than the strategy of righteousness. I don't know why wickedness yells so loud when righteousness sometimes speaks so softly. These forces around and outside of us say, listen, get rich selling dope rather than barely paying your bills working on a normal job. The circumstances sometimes seem to say, do that which is convenient. Do that which you feel is easy rather than doing that which is right. Other people oppose righteousness and they use their influence to try to entice us to involve ourselves in evil and in wrong. The apostles and missionaries of immorality are very aggressive in attempting to lead us toward wrong and evil. Thus, they not only is the individual exposed to his own inclinations, but he's exposed to the incitements of those who are around him. He has to deal with others who seek to influence him toward wrong and toward evil. And then there are spiritual forces which foster wickedness at work in the world. The devil and his demons conspire to induce the individual to do wrong. But since and with all of these forces opposing righteousness, the question should not first be how, but whether to do right at all. And the question of whether to do right must be addressed because so many are undecided. Some just don't know whether God commands righteousness or whether he merely advises righteousness. And others wonder even if he commands it, will there be a severe time of punishment for disobedience and for turning away from the will of the Lord? In other words, are sinners really going to hell? They ask, isn't it all right if you sin and then you repent and tell God you're sorry? But incidentally, to repent is to turn back. To repent is to turn around. To repent is to have another mind or to change one's mind. And many people who say, I'm sorry, have not even began to really repent. Holiness, our sanctification, is a life of avoidance of sin. It is separation from 
sin. Holiness is a life of dedication to God and to the service of God. And God not only advises sanctification, the Lord demands sanctification. Can I hear somebody say amen? In 1 Peter 1 and 15, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be you holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Not only did Jesus demand sanctification, but he prayed for our sanctification. In John 17 and 15, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou should have keep them from evil. Sanctification is the, sanctify them through thy truth, for thy word is truth. And Jesus then extends the prayer for sanctification to all believers. That he said in version, verse 20, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. So the Lord not only prayed for the disciples, he extends that prayer even into our day to those of us who believe because of the word of his disciples that we too should be sanctified even in this day and in this time. And the Bible clearly stresses holiness. In 2 Corinthians 7 and 1, the Bible says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. In the book of Titus, chapter 2 and 11, he agrees with this. But Titus says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. You see, God has sworn that he will enable you to live holy. But you look toward your neighbor and tell them God has sworn that he will enable you to live holy. In Luke 1, 73, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. The Bible promises punishment to the wicked and rewards to the righteous. And it says in Romans 6 and 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. God not only judges our sin, if God did not judge our sins, our sins would judge themselves because the natural outcome of sin is death, destruction, pain. Survey the world. Look at all the troubled spots and the all, all of the degradation that exists in the world. And at the bottom of it, you will find sin and unrighteousness because pain and destruction are a result of sin. In Psalms 9 and 17, the Bible says, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God. 
And Revelation 21 and 8, but the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. And this is the second death. Y'all don't mind if I preach the Bible, do you? I told the Lord a long time ago that I'd preach the word of God. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor bruisers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you're washed. Oh, somebody ought to got happy on that one. But you're washed. But ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Clap your hands, everybody, and praise God. Praise God that you're washed. Praise God that you're sanctified. Praise God that you're justified in the name of Jesus. Look over at your neighbor and say, I'm washed, I'm justified, I'm sanctified in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12, 14 says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. The wicked have no peace on the earth. Isaiah 57 and 20 said, they're like the troubled sea when it cannot rest whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There's no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. But then Psalms 119 and verse 65 says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Isn't it wonderful that when you've done the will of God and you're treating everybody right, the peace that overwhelms you the calmness that characterizes your spirit and your life is just right to be right. And when you're walking in the right way, you have joy in your heart and peace in your soul. Thank God for joy. Thank God for peace. Righteousness is God's plan for his kingdom and for all believers. Matthew 1, 21 says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. We're now not prepared to move into the how of holiness until you have decided whether you want to live right or not. And the first requirement toward living a life of holiness and righteousness is that you want to be holy and you want to be right. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Are there any hungry people in the house? Are there any thirsty people in the house? When you come into the house of the Lord, there ought to be a longing, a desire, Lord, I'm hungry for you. I'm glad to see the people, but I didn't come here to see the people. I came here to see you and to be blessed by you. 
Listen, if you've got a hunger, if you've got a thirst, God will not send you away fasting. Lest you faint in the way, he will give you what you need. If you are hungry, if you are thirsty, lift up your voice. Praise God. Thank God for his anointing. Hallelujah. 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 The apostle Paul said in Romans 12 and 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. God wants his sacrifices to be clean. He wants them to be holy. Have you ever gone to the restaurant, ordered your food, they brought you a glass or a fork, you picked it up, and looked at it, and there was food from the last diner still on the fork. And immediately you call for the waitress, uh, for the uh, manager of the organization, and say, listen, take my fork back, have somebody wash, bring me a clean one, or, or wash this one. I, I can't eat off a fork that's not clean. Listen, if you don't want to eat off a glass or, or a fork that's not clean, how much more do you think the Lord wants his sacrifices to be clean and to be holy? Did somebody say amen? 1 Corinthians 6 and 19 lets us know that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And we are not our own, but we are bought with a price. Therefore, we should glorify God in our body and in our spirit, which belong to God. And I just want to say a holy God prefers a holy dwelling place. You tell your neighbor a holy God prefers a holy dwelling place. So in the text, Paul gives us an insight into his experience so that we can learn how to live holy and how to live righteously. First, we find a man out of control. We find a man who's trying to do it all by himself and not trusting in the righteousness and in the power of God. We find a man who says, for what I'm doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. And then I do what I will not to do. And I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I know and in me that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. And to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil that I will not to do, that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it's no longer I to do it, but sin that dwells in me. Hallelujah. He said in verse 24, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ my Lord. Paul talks about his predicament and then he says, I can be delivered by God through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
Tell your neighbor, you can be delivered by God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Paul found deliverance in Jesus Christ. Romans 7 and 25. But Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus died in our place, and Jesus arose again from the dead, and we can be forgiven. We can be delivered. We can be reborn if we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord. We can't do it by ourselves. No man on his own can become righteous. All of our righteousness is but filthy rags. But when we reach out and take Christ into our lives, when we are saved, Jesus cleanses us. Jesus sanctifies us. Jesus washes us in his precious blood and become righteous before him as if we had never sinned in all of our life. Paul said you can be freed from condemnation. In Romans 8 and 1, he said, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Last week, I needed to get several places, and I did not have the capacity in my own body to get to the places to which I needed to go. And so I went down to the airport and got on the airplane, fastened the seatbelt, and the airplane carried me where I needed to go. I did not fly, the airplane flew, but I happened to be in the airplane so that if it flew, then I could fly also. And so I positioned myself, fastened my seatbelt, leaned back in my seat. Airplane went up to more than 30,000 feet, a speed greater than 600 miles an hour. And after a while, I was in an all-new destination because I had positioned myself in the airplane. Child of God, when you position yourself by faith, in Christ Jesus, you arrive at your destination safe and sound. There's therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but who walk after the Spirit. Praise God that you can be in Christ. Praise God that you can walk and talk and live in the power of Almighty God. God no longer looks at your sin, but he looks at the sacrifice that Jesus made for you. Yes, you failed. Yes, you let God down. Yes, you went in your own direction. But when you fell down before God and said, Lord, I want you to forgive me and give me another chance, I renounce my sin and I accept you as my Savior and my Lord. I turn around and I say, Lord, help me, keep me, guide me. If you come to Jesus in faith, he will not let you down. For the book of Hebrews says we have not a high priest who cannot be touched by the feeling of our infirmities, but he was tempted in all points 
like as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, we can come boldly to the throne of grace and find mercy and grace to help in the time of need. Every temptation that we confront came before Jesus. Every trial that we can conceive, Jesus had it, but he went through it all without sin. Hallelujah. And because he did it without sin, without unrighteousness, we can come boldly before Jesus and say, Lord, you did it without sin. Lord, I need your help. I need your power. I need your appointing. And he'll show up. I said he'll show up in the name of Jesus. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we may ask or think according to the power that is at work in us. When Jesus comes in, the authority of sin is broken. We are delivered from the power of wickedness and we walk in the power of Jesus Christ. When Jesus comes in, he receives us into the family of our God. I'm a child of the King and of Jesus my Savior. I am a child of the King and since I'm a child of the King, he places within me a nature of righteousness, a nature of holiness, and a desire to please him. Listen, child of God, open up your heart and let God's Spirit dwell in you. If the Spirit of the Lord is dwelling in us, he gives us power over all the power of the enemy. I've got power that you can't see. God is living inside me. I can fight any enemy for God and me. I am a majority. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about by such a crowd of witnesses, let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Let me close by saying that Brother Jude said, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Building up yourselves, praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit, praying in the power of God. Unto the wise God be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Paul says he'll keep you. He'll guide you. He'll give you strength. He'll enable you to go on by the power of God. Somebody might ask, is it worth it living for the Lord? Is it a blessing living for the Lord? I'll tell you it is. But listen, if you live for God, your blessing will be greater than your trial. And the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. Child of God, hold on to the Lord. Child of God, put your hand in the hand of God. Child of God, he'll keep you. 
in the midst of trials, in the midst of temptations, it's going to be all right. I said, it's going to be all right. The struggle may be great, the trial may be great, but he's able to keep that that you've committed unto him against that day. Stand up, everybody. Give the Lord praise. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Sometimes, sometimes the way gets rough. Sometimes the load gets heavy. But the Lord will stand with us in our trial, casting all your care on him because he cares for you. And because he cares, he'll pick you up when you're about to fall. Because he cares, he'll bring you out when the way gets rough. Because he cares, he'll stand in your defense so that nothing can stop you and nothing can block you. You've got to make up your mind. Lord, I want to be holy. Lord, I want to be clean. Lord, I want to do your will. Oh, Lord, I want to walk in your way. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. The safest place. I said the safest place in the whole wide world is in the will of God. Tell two people the safest place in the whole wide world is in the will of God. Get in that place, the devil can't harm you. Get in that place, the devil can't block you. Get in the place of yes and say, Lord, I surrender all to do your will, to walk in your way. I say yes, I say yes, I say yes. Raise your hand and say yes, 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 Lord, yes, yes to your will. Yes, yes to your way. Yes, yes. Raise that hand and say, Lord, my soul says yes. Clap your hands and praise him. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, from the bottom of my heart and the depths of my soul, yes, Lord.
come before the Lord asking for the Lord's help, asking God to give you strength, asking God to forgive you for any failures in your life, asking God to keep you holy, to keep you righteous, let you position yourself in Jesus so that nothing will come against you to drag you away from the will of God, the power of God, the plan of God for your life. You want the Lord to cleanse you and you want to be holy before him. You want his help. You want his power. Step into the aisle. Just come down to the altar. Let's pray together. Let's get God's power. Get God's strength. Let the anointing come and give you power to obey him. In the depths of my soul. Yes, Lord. at the altar. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. From the bottom. Step out, step out, come forward. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Your time, your day for a miracle. Come forward, my soul. Every hand is bowed, every hand is lifted. Thank you, dear God, for these who have come. Stand now before the altar, asking, dear God, that you will sanctify them, that you'll purify them, that they'll walk in your washing and in your righteousness, that your love and your grace will be extended to them, that they'll know the forgiveness that only God can give, that through the blood of Jesus, they'll become the person you would have them to be. Lord, have your way in their lives. Set them free from sin, from everything that is not your will, everything that would displease you. Touch them now by your power in the name of Jesus. Lift your hands and say, yes, Lord. Yes to your will. Yes to your command. I surrender to you. I need your mercy. I need your grace. I thank you, Lord, that you are God of mercy I thank you, you are God of forgiveness. Work in me, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. Lord, I only need the will, I also need the doing of your will. Have your mercy, dear Lord, extended on me in the name of Jesus. At the altar, just say these words after me. Dear Lord, I'm sorry for all my sins. Forgive me for every failure that might be in my life. Cleanse me, wash me, make me brand new. I surrender unto you. Jesus, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty for your righteousness. I shall be filled. Come on, worship the Lord all over this place. Worship the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, glory, 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 hallelujah. Now thank God for all that he has done. Clap your hands and thank him. All over the auditorium, clap your hands and thank the Lord. 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 Holy Ghost of God, do the work of deliverance and salvation, forgiveness and mercy. You heard the prayer of these your dear children 
I proclaim your forgiveness and your mercy extended and we thank you for the miracle. We thank you for the presence of your spirit. We thank you that they are washed, that they are delivered, that they are sanctified by the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Standing where you are, if there are those among you who want to join the church, want to give your life to the Lord Jesus, we pray the prayer of faith. God's word is extended to you.